0: Hey everybody, and welcome again to Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail, and as always, I am joined today with
1: Brendan Norrison and today we've got two feature topics for you guys. Firstly, we'll be discussing uh, the new, newly released Team Sonic Racing, followed by a look at the latest grid game that's just been announced. It's been a, a bit of a busy week, hasn't it, Adam?
0: It has. After weeks of mostly us covering old games, or talking about old games because there really wasn't much new coming out, uh, we were to the the new team sonic racing uh that had been delayed and and it's nice that we finally get the chance to play that and then out of nowhere comes grid which uh i think that was like a Wednesday or Thursday when that was announced and i just i couldn't believe it i was i was just scrolling through twitter and it was like minutes after it was announced and uh, i saw somebody tweeting about it and i was like really like finally um yeah, so so very exciting times, and yeah, I guess I guess we should start with uh, with Team Sonic Racing, um, because we've been waiting to play that for so long. And uh, I know Brendan, I know you have been playing mostly the online, uh, like doing some single races and and getting into the online, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I've been kind of focusing all my time um, so far, purely because I was curious to see. Um how busy it was first and foremost to see if many people were playing it, and just to see also how that's structured and to be honest, like I, I'm really I'm really happy with um how the the game kind of separates casual and ranked play. but based on my time so far, it seems like most people are simply being playing, playing casual and maybe that's to be expected with this type of racer.
0: yeah, it's a cart racer, so I mean, I, I honestly would would probably prefer uh, the casual play, but it's nice that they give you the choice, um, and I, I think it's important to focus on the online aspect of the game, just because it's so heavily team focused. Like, I might not be as mindful of that when it comes to something like Mario Kart, uh, but because from the get-go, the first thing we knew about this game was that it it took a team approach to uh, Sonic. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's important.
1: Yeah, definitely, and especially um, as someone who really loved transformed the. You kind of netcode for that game, and how busy the lobbies were. Um, it, it kind of killed that element of the game, but it did have a lot of single player content to make up for that. Um, I feel like Team Sonic Racing is more kind of evenly split in the sense that, that there is a, a good, even amount of single player content, but I also feel as if in online mode. They've got like specific race types and stuff you can only access on there. By the looks of it, perhaps they appear in the, the kind of story mode. I've not managed to dig too deep into, but and there's some good race types there that kind of change it up and i've been finding pretty full lobbies so i'm assuming that means the sales have been decent as well
0: yeah um i mean you know it, the game just came out so uh it's good to see people are taking to it and the fact that it's priced uh so cheaply i don't know what it is in the uk but here in the u.s it's 40 um which is about 20 dollars cheaper than a normal new game is so that's pretty exciting
1: yeah same here effectively um kind of 35 pound mark seems to be the the kind of the rrp and that will entice a lot of people especially because like crash team racing's out next month so there might be those that fancy a little hit before then and difference here being of course team sonic racing is a full new game rather than a remaster so it's it's an exciting game i mean to to kind of dial back to the basics how have you been finding the game then from like a gameplay perspective have you been enjoying it
0: yeah, so I've mostly been playing the World Tour, and to be honest, I'm not super far into it. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's just, and and this is, uh, this is less of a fault I feel of, of the game of this game, and just more of a fault that it's following up, uh, transformed. That I, I am enjoying it, but you know, Sonic and Sega All Stars Transformed was so good. And as we always keep returning back to on this podcast, you know, you can make an argument that's the best kart racer of all time, that to follow in the wake of that, even though it's been like five years, um, I think I was hoping for something that was a little bit newer and more inventive. And it, it was never going to, it, it was never going to be the transformed successor I think a lot of us hope simply because they were, they were scaling back a lot of the non-Sonic content, um, and, and, and we knew that, you know, we knew that from the very beginning. Uh, but you know, Transformed felt kind of like uh, it, it felt kind of like the zenith of a kart racer and the zenith of that series, and. I feel like Team Sonic Racing scales it back, and basically, it, it, to me, it almost feels like because there's so much content, um, specifically the tracks that are carried over from the first game, but kind of, uh, there are aspects of them that are redesigned, but but a lot of the tracks are, uh, are recycled to a certain degree, um, it does feel like the first uh, Sonic and Sega Racing, but... You know, uh, like kind of seen from a different perspective, a different angle with the team play, um, which like is a whole nother element that I'm sure we're going to talk about next. But uh, it just it, it feels like a familiar title just tweaked a little bit, which I think for and, and the reason I want to bring up the price is because I think at forty dollars or thirty five pounds, I, I think that's a fair um, that's a fair proposition. Uh it's just that I think that we know what Sumo can do, and I kind of wished for this to be a fresh, all-new thing, and it doesn't quite feel like that, which is not to say it's bad. It's just, honestly, some it's in some weird place between, like to me, almost like a remaster and an all-new title. It's almost like a 1.5. It's actually an interesting point to make because, I mean,
1: from my experience so far, I do agree with comparisons to the original. Um, Sonic Racing, All, Star, All Stars Racing, sorry, compared to Transformed, because it does feel a bit scaled back almost, because of the kind of layout of the game as well, like it comes across like that kind of budget racer, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the Transformed seem to have a lot more flair to it, and even just in terms of the content as well, that the tracks here are good, and um, they're fun to play, but like you said, some of them are recycled. But one of the things that really stands out is just how... The game does feel like an incremental upgrade to a game that was released in the previous generation as opposed to, well, Transform was released in the previous generation as well, but like, it feels more like a successor to the first game than the second, and we, I mean, we love Transform, that's, like we've said, there is an argument to be made for it to be one of the best kart racers, whereas Team Sonic Racing, it almost feels as if it's going back to its roots almost, it's like here's a traditional racer with bolted a team element on top of it. And that kind of lends itself to that kind of the mindset of the game as this team-based element. They do offer solo racing, but it just doesn't feel right in terms of the gameplay. So, like, they're definitely pushing the team aspect of it, but that's also partnered by the fact there's only like four teams in the game. And the the kind of character roster isn't the strongest. Now, I'm not saying Transformed was, we get fucking Danica Patrick in there. But it just feels like... It just feels like Team Sonic Racing's roster is almost... um, The the obvious choices with um, Zavok from Lost World thrown in, because Sega really seemed to love that guy for some reason.
0: Yeah, is that the guy... um, Because I haven't gotten extremely far. Is that the guy who looks kind of like Incineroar? Yeah,
1: that's the one. Yeah, because
0: every time... Yeah, every time I see him... I don't know whether the Pokemon came first or that character in Sonic came first, but every time I see one or the other, I, I <laughs> think that they're the other person. And I think that, like, it's really funny that um, when you're playing Smash, br- Smash Bros., um, Incineroar has the big The Cat skin, I think. Yeah, yeah, I right? sure it does. <laughs> so, yeah, so it just, like, drives the, uh, the relationship further. But anyway, um to, re- to bring it back to Team Sonic Racing... Yeah, the team element, and and I feel like maybe I've been, and the reason I've mostly been doing World Tours, because I've had a really busy week and not a ton of time to play, but um, I feel like the problem with team-based play, and this is something that, this is something I felt a little bit with Onrush, but not, um, not to the same degree as this, because with Onrush there's so much commotion, the teams are so much bigger. Um, but anytime you're dealing with a team style of gameplay and you're playing exclusively with AI, it's never gonna be... it's never gonna feel like a, a fully... an experience that you have full control over, it's always gonna feel a little bit like you're, um, you know, you're dealing with some, uh, kind of recalcitrant, uh, partners, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, when I'm playing Team Sonic Racing, the first couple races were pretty easy, but I, I did get the sense that, like, oh, unless I was leaving the race, I couldn't expect my teammates to get near the top. And uh, that's just, I, I mean, that's not a problem exclusive to this game. I feel like that's any game that has a team style of gameplay where you're playing with the AI predominantly and you're not doing multiplayer. Um, you know, even, even when you're playing a first-person shooter in the story mode and the, you know, the Marines that are next to you that are supposed to be helping you or utterly useless uh, and bullet sponges. Like, it just, it just happens, um, so I I, I think that has something to do with it, but I do actually enjoy some of the ways that they've, um, they've really made the teams worthwhile, uh, you know, being able to, with the, with the, I don't know if this feature exclusive to the Sonic team, but being able to follow behind another one of your teammates' cars, and you get a slipstream—that's really nice. And then when you, yeah, really pass, really cool. um, you pass, you pass, get an extra burst of speed. Those are really cool uh, little elements that that help you know drive the team play, and um, and I really enjoy that. Uh, and then being able to share items with your teammates to build your meter, uh, which I get to a point, it's. It fixes that problem I always have in Mario Kart where I'm leaving a race and I don't know what to do with all of these item boxes. So I just like burn them and they go completely go to waste. But now I can give them to my teammates and then it goes towards a a bigger thing that we can all use. So, yeah, it's it's rethinking certain aspects of the of the kart racer that we've kind of taken for granted, uh, which I appreciate because it's been a I think it's been a fairly, you know, stale genre uh that hasn't changed a ton over the years yeah exactly and that that's something
1: that sumo digital have been trying to do with this series like for quite some time they, they introduced the all-star element in the first game then transform just turned everything up to eleven with boats and planes thrown in for good measure and then this one almost feels like what could we change at a core level that will positively impact the gameplay and isn't too overbearing because the, the team element works so well that it just kind of integrates into gameplay and that's why i was saying that when you play it solo without the teams you really do realize that they're missing and that's exactly what sumo were going for and like you're saying all the little um gameplay elements they've thrown in like the slipstream boosts great idea i mean it's one of those ones you think it seems obvious but somebody implementing it just makes you realize how good an idea it is um, and then even if you get hit by items and one of your teammates drives by you you get like an auto recovery that helps you get back in the race and I mean that kind of brings me on to one of the minor complaints I have about the game in terms of how the the flow of races work because when everybody's drifting going fast it's great fun but I feel as if the items are so cripplingly um, harsh so like when you get hit with an item it just seems to bring you to a standstill unless you have one of those teammates to kind of um, give you a pick me up and Get going again, but when you're playing like solo, you really do see the kind of how slow the game can be at times, and that's something that I never felt transformed. Really had a problem with the items were strong, but they weren't like kind of overpowered and bringing you to a standstill. So it's one of these things I've had to adjust to. It isn't necessarily a negative, but it can really look. You can basically look ruin a race if you get hit once with an item in the wrong place. It can just start like that kind of snowball effect, much like Mario Kart.
0: Yeah, I think it doesn't help that the game doesn't feel particularly fast. um, Which, you know, I think was a conscious decision. Um, But it it just... The tracks are very wide. It seems a little slow. Um, You know, coming from Mario Kart 8's, like, 200cc mode, it feels very pedestrian. Um, Again, that's not so much a bad thing, though I wish there was maybe a little bit more... um, there was kind of a dynamic increase of speed um, in the game at some point uh, as you're progressing. That was a little bit more profound because I know there are those upgrades, um, but they don't seem to make a, a massive difference uh, in terms of the driving feel. And, and I guess on that note, you know, the game pretty much feels like. I mean, physics-wise, I haven't played Transform in a while, but it, it feels like a Sonic Kart racer again. Um, you know, you got the uh, you got the left trigger as your drift button, and you can just drift forever with it, which I like. Um, it, it just feels... Even just missing that one... Or that th- those couple of frames that in Mario Kart you jump into the air before you start the drift, being able to go right into a drift just feels so much smoother. and um, And I think I prefer that. But the funny thing is, like, drifting is so, um. It's so encouraged in this game, uh, especially in some of the event types, that it kind of manifests itself in weird ways. Like, um. You haven't done the world tour yet, but have you, have you played the event with the. Uh, where you're trying to drift and get as close to the, uh. like the poles as possible? Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yeah. yeah, the Daredevil. The Daredevil, daredevil yeah, yeah. So I was doing that, and that was actually – that was the first event in the career mode where I was like, this is difficult. Like, I'm having a hard time doing this, and I did not expect uh, so quickly to have an issue with the kart racer as, in terms of, like, have my skill tested. Um, but I think first the problem was I didn't realize – for whatever reason, I saw the zones and I was thinking I needed to go through the red zone and I didn't process I, I would get more points if I got closer to the pole. Even though I know it says that, but like I wasn't fully understanding. So once I got that, I was like, okay. But then I realized like, oh, if I just tap the L trigger on the straightaway as I'm going, as I'm driving by, then I'll get a bonus of 20 points even though I'm not really drifting. So I felt like I was kind of gaming, gaming the system. Um... But, you know, all those all those years of playing Mario Kart where you would just, like, snake-drift to get a boost, like, it, it just seems like drifting is always used in very weird ways to break the game, and I don't know if it's what they intended or not, um, but it's just kind of something I thought was funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, the drifting and the, the All-Stars games, um, they've always actually reminded me a lot of Outrun, like the, kind of, 2006 games, um... Purely because the way the kind of car moves into the drifts is very reminiscent of those games, minus having to kind of hard brake into them. If you if you look at the kind of the way the car moves, it is very much like that, and it wouldn't be a surprise given it's Sumo Digital that's developing right. these games. And that's what it's always reminded me of, and I always wondered if it was like a a, a kind of a conscious design decision because obviously it was Sega and All Stars Racing at one point, um, and that was an element they wanted to throw in there, but. Yeah, the thing about drifting in these games is it's kind of different to Mario Kart because like you're saying, in Mario Kart you're drifting to get boost and then you exit right back into jumping into another drift. Whereas in these games you do get boost from drifting, but it almost feels like it acts more like a normal car in like an arcade sense of course, where just going into the drift doesn't really give you any speed boost, it just helps you take the corners easier. So having to manage the, the drifting and tracks is really where the kind of challenge lies I would say
0: yeah because it's interesting how um the similarity between this and mario kart is that i mean you know the fastest way to go is to drift and and you're encouraged to drift and so you do it a lot and it feels good but i i I think it's interesting that um the casino the casino track in this game which is not very challenging though when i was doing as i was saying when i was doing the daredevil event i found it kind of difficult uh, it has those kind of S's that, that go into those looped corners they are just kind of, like, concentric circles. And then that reminded me a lot of uh, Music Park from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, just because, like... Yeah. It, I mean, the track, like, visually looks similar. You're, like, in space, and there's all these things floating, and at times there are no walls, and at times there are. Um, and that track is... Um, parts of that track are, I think, pretty challenging. Uh, Music Park. And, um... It's almost like you just get to a point when you're drifting in these games where if the corners are laid out and, and they end up becoming pretty tight uh, and rhythm-based, you know, where it's like you have a series of corners that all kind of meld into each other, uh, it can really mess you up if you kind of get one of those corners wrong and then, and then it ruins you for the rest of the series. And that is something I'm very used to without Run. So, so I, I totally understand the um. Uh, the, the comparison there because like I'll often run into situations where it's like I think I got it, and I'll just cut one corner a little bit, not enough. Like I'll go a little bit wide, it'll just screw me up for the next three, and that that's when these games feel really brutal. Um, I guess it kind of plays to the whole aspect of uh you know being easy to learn and hard to master, but. Um, that's where track memorization is key. And so so in all those respects, you know, this feels like one of those kart racers, which is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's to kind of to be expected almost, uh, especially given that this is Sumo Digital's third game. So they are adding these refinements to the handling model. It just feels like um, they, they really do rate the whole drifting without needing to jump into it thing. And it's something that um, Crash Team Mason kind of amplifies that by 10 because you do these big ridiculous jumps into drifts which are then partnered by like a boost system where you've got to tap r1 at the end of a meter every time and i'm not going to lie that that kind of (laughs) yeah exactly that is that's what i was going to say like that just feels so much overkill to me so like was that
0: in the original game yeah
1: yeah, yes in the original ctr it's one of these things it's never really explained as a system but basically When you jump into drifts there's a tiny little bar in the right hand corner that fills up and every time it goes full you're supposed to hit r1 to get a boost but i've always just felt as if it's so over the top like and you can't focus on the racing because it's something that a lot of the kind of the people who are proper competitive at ctr and they do exist um (laughs) really good at it and like they're really proud of being good at it which is fine but to me it just kind of takes away the racing element of the games and if there's something that sumo digital does right it's like, and I think I've said this before, I see these games almost more like arcade racers than kart racers purely because of the way the cars handle, they, they have a bit of weight to them and the drifting needs to be done right, whereas in Mario Kart and CTR it, it feels like a kart, obviously, because that's what they're going for, that there, there isn't really a weight to the, the way you drift or anything, you're just kind of point to point getting the right amount of kind of torque on the car when you're turning and using the boosts, or in CTR's case, rapidly tapping R1 like a maniac. But I feel like in uh, Sumo's games, and maybe it's more prevalent in this one, because it is a bit slower paced, unless you're like doing some proper high-level stuff, you kind of feel the weight of the car. And th- that's a positive mostly for me, but it is easy to see why sometimes it can feel a bit sluggish, and I think that's something the game struggles from at times.
0: Yeah, it's... It's interesting that Kart racers have, uh, I, I don't know, because like I, I do get the sense that like there is a there, you know, it does feel a little bit more sluggish compared to something like Mario Kart, but I, I still feel like kart racers kind of have a totally different like understanding of, uh, of physics and kinetics that compared to normal racing games. And, and, and I guess, you know, Sonic uh, Team Sonic Racing is a little bit closer to a more typical arcade racer. But then it just makes me appreciate Blur all the more um, because, you know, that's a that was a kart racer on top of or, you know, weapons based kart racer on top of a fairly normal standard arcade racing game. And and the physics felt pretty decent in that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like. And this is uh, something that we've kind of alluded to, I think, in previous episodes. I think you actually tweet about on our account. But I've never totally gotten down with kart racers. Um, you know, I... Sometimes I can get, like, addicted to them and, and fall into... Like, I remember when I played team or uh, Sonic Racing Transformed, I... Uh, God, that was like a whole weekend. I was in the house with my friends, and we... We whipped through that game in a matter of like two days, doing the doing the story mode of that as um, as a group in multiplayer, and it was so much fun. It was a blast, and we unlocked everything, and and I had a great time. But on my own, I don't know if I would have that same experience. And when I think about Mario Kart Eight, you know, I I really played it as much as I did the luck specifically mostly because it was the only thing I only semi racing game I had on my Switch at the time and I was sick of playing um Breath of, or not sick of but i had, like mostly completed Breath of the Wild I needed to move on to something else and there wasn't that much that was out so like kart racers are usually the the games that kind of fill my interest between other more interesting racing games but um at the same time, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad this exists, and uh, I'm glad also that it exists on as many different platforms as it does. Um, we both got the uh, Steam code, uh, and that was, you know, day and date release on PC as with all the other consoles, and it's nice to have a, a decent kart racer on PC, but Brendan, I know you've been able to get your hands on the Switch version as well.
1: Yeah, so um, basically uh, my girlfriend Daniel bought the Switch version of the game and I've been able to play kind of an hour or so of that and th- this is something I wanted to call out on the podcast because there's something about Switch ports that they they either look horribly graphically have like resolution problems or just simply don't work as well as they should. But the the kind of job sumo's done on this port is pretty incredible to be honest because in terms of graphically it looks incredibly similar to the pc game obviously a slight less uh, a, a slight notch down fidelity wise but it's it's a locked 30 frames per second pretty much the entire game um, people will be sad that it isn't 60 of course but it for the type of game it is it doesn't it seems like a fair compromise because they've been able to create a game that looks and plays well and even though i'm playing on pc at like 144 frames per second 1080p whatever the switch version is more than more than worth the £35 asking price, because you're getting a good portable racer that isn't Mario Kart on a Nintendo console.
0: Was Transformed even 60
1: frames? No, so, I mean, this is one of these weird ones where um, Transformed on console was never 60 on any of them, pretty much. It was always 30. Um, And then that was something I was always kind of sad about, because 60 does add to the gameplay, there's no doubt about that. But um, when I bought it for PC and then playing the game in 60 frames transformed, because I recently did play through it all the way through S-Rank as well, um, a few weeks ago, and the difference was incredible. So I'm mean i not saying that you should buy the Switch version over the others, because it it does run at 30, but if you're looking for something on Switch that you want to play portably that isn't Mario Kart, but you like a a good kart racing story and that type of thing, I really think Sumo have done a good job with the Switch version. And I seen um, kind of some of the NPD uh, sales tracking team talking on Twitter about the fact that it looks like in the US at least the Switch version has actually sold the most.
0: Yeah, I would expect the Switch version to sell the most worldwide. To be honest, um, <clears throat> I I'm glad that they didn't uh, they they didn't kind of just do um, sort of a half-assed uh, port like a lot of uh, Switch ports have become. Um, Oh, well, actually, it's not fair to say because Digital Foundry. I feel like every week they have a new story about like this amazing Switch port. Like um, yeah,
1: they seem to. <laughs> I've noticed yeah, that like
0: <laughs> um, uh, what's what's the one? Um, well, there's The Witcher, right? That was one of them. And then there was um, uh, like the Senua's Sacrifice or whatever the first name of that game is. I'm blanking on. But anyway, um, a lot of uh, a lot of companies have finally tried to start you know treating the switch with respect even though it's less powerful than than other consoles uh so i'm glad that sumo did that here because the switch i feel like is um is sort of the spiritual home of this game and just simply because you know it's a it's a kart racer um and it is a the type of title that you want to have fun play with friends uh would love to take around it fits that role very well so um so yeah, I, it's good that it's, uh, it, it plays well on the Switch. As for the PC version, um, which I've been playing on my PC that I've had now for probably like two months, so it's still kind of new to me. Uh, it's, it's fine. I mean, I, I was a little bit surprised that like it, I mean, it looks so, it looks okay. It's, it doesn't look amazing because you know, it's a cart. It's, it's not a cart racer. It's not, you know. I don't know. It's not Metro, but um, but the one issue I had more uh, of a problem with was that like I found some frame drops in certain corners, uh, and I have the game running. I have the game running on the highest settings, and I have a 1070, so my computer should be able to handle it. I mean, it handles Forza yeah. Horizon 4 pretty much maxed, um, and at 60 frames anyway. I'm, I'm playing everything at 60 frames, but, um. And and it will have a consistent frame rate that will be locked until I might get to a certain corner in a certain track where it will reliably drop in that corner, which signals to me that it's it's more of a optimization side problem optimization, than the yeah. fact that my computer can't run it all the time. Um, not not game breaking by any means, but uh, a little a little bit jarring sometimes and, and unexpected, but. Um, yeah, overall, it's actually I, I think we forget how much work has been done to bring a lot of this content up to uh, up to a level that's at right now because uh, I think Sonic the Hedge blog on Twitter tweeted a a gif or a, an image of the same uh, track from the first Sonic Racing game all those years ago and back in like 2010 and uh, a track in this new one and. It's like night and day, and I to I totally forgot that like wow, you know that that cliffside used to look like this, and the water was a lot less um, shiny and colorful, and uh, yeah. So the new game definitely work has been done to to improve the quality of the graphics to meet you know modern standards for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, as I said, I've recently been playing through Transformed as well, and I would say graphically it's pretty much on par with Transformed which which is a which is a testament to transform really it's not a, it's not a, a negative to team sonic racing because i think with this type of budget uh, the type of like, kind of th- it's a sonic game like it's always going to kind of look similar anyway um but the fact that you do get that uncapped frame rate is good because a lot of games like this tend to cap it i, I believe um, team so- uh, sorry um, transformed capture 60 frames per second so you can't get above that on pc and yeah, transformed
0: was a beautiful game too when it came out oh, yeah, like, definitely. Like 2013 right and that game looked amazing
1: I mean that that was probably Sega's proper attempt at trying to dethrone Mario Kart not to use any cliches found in loads of articles um, it was probably Sega going all in that's why there were so many licenses there a lot of marketing deals whereas with this game it's felt very understated it's just kind of it's come out, it's great fun and then maybe through word of mouth, it will kind of continuously sell decent. But I mean, Transformed really felt like a more premium product. And I don't have an issue with um, Team Sonic Racing not being like that because it still does its job really well and it's great fun. And the, the PC version, um, like you're saying, maybe some slight optimization issues going on because it is only certain corners, funnily enough. Like it isn't across the board. Yeah, you yeah. Can kind of see that you can,
0: you know, when it's going to happen. Mm hmm yeah um, it, and it does make me want to really revisit transformed and and i remember you telling me recently that like oh you can go on steam and get it for for like you know five dollars or whatever it's like it's so like cheap. nothing so <laughs> i was like yeah i should pick that up again because i you know i played through the whole thing on 360 forever ago and then i think it was um a playstation plus title uh the vita version was years ago and i got that one as well but never never played much of it um but the, the Vita port of that game is literally like it is the same game. So um, just, you know, Impressive. a lot of uh, f- scale, scaling back to Fidelity where necessary. Um, but, yeah, I mean, y- you know, we got we got an amazing, possibly the best ever Sonic Kart Racer that we could ever get all those years ago. And this is kind of, um, and, you know, that was, that was the second one in Sumo Series. And this is kind of a... Um, a reinterpretation or a new perspective on the first one, which I'm fine with, especially because as I said, the price is lower. Um, You know, they've, they've made improvements to the graphics and the core gameplay where possible. And, you know, the, the team dynamics are new and interesting and make the online racing more, uh, more interesting. And, you know, I'm fine with it. It's, I, I would love to see sumo get free reign to go all out like they were with Uh, like they were able to with transformed and the way that these kinds of dealings and things work uh not one to speculate all that much but maybe the success of team sonic racing um is something that that's contingent upon you know maybe we will get that uh that real transformed successor or something uh, should this game do well maybe it was a way of of saying, like, hey, we have all this content, but maybe don't want to invest in a, in a whole new sequel right now. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we can kind of uh, punch a game up where possible and sort of reuse some of it and create some new stuff and come to this sort of medium middle ground where we can sell this for a cheaper price. Um, which I think, like, is going to be very attractive to, like, parents and kids and stuff like that because the game is so much cheaper. Because I, I don't i feel like you don't see that as much today in the console space when i don't know how it was in in the uk but when i was a kid there were always games that were coming out as kind of like budget titles for 10 or 20 dollars cheaper 30 or like the infamous story yeah, of yeah um, yeah yeah the, the infamous story of nfl 2k5 the uh the nfl football game that came out in 2005 from sega that was 20 dollars when madden was 50 um and basically like Whoa. destroyed yeah and, and was an amazing game and and kind of completely just uh upended the whole licensed sports landscape at the time and uh yeah. resulted in this crazy long exclusivity deal between ea and the nfl so like uh, weird stuff used to happen back then i feel like it doesn't as much now but um which is why i like to see team sonic racing coming out for he's pretty cool to me um and I think I've already seen that uh, you can get for a little bit cheaper if you look in certain places. So de- yeah, definitely exactly. definitely give it a try, you know? Unfortunately, it's on every system, so you're bound to have one that, you know, you'll be able to play it on. T-
1: Team Sonic Racing feels like a game it uh, sounds daft, but like for Sonic fans rather than fans of Transform specifically, it almost feels like a, a partner to Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces, like... Sonic Mania took care of the, the kind of people who love nostalgia based games and good games. <laughs> Sonic Forces um, for people who like the edgy side of Sonic <laughs> and um, this just feels like the kind of you've been wanting a spin-off for a while, here's Team Sonic Racing. and like For me personally, Transform still has it beaten pretty much every corner but it's like you said, it's almost unfair to compare it to Transformed because that game just executed what it wanted to do perfectly. And, um, if we get transformed Transform 2, I imagine it would have a higher budget and that type of thing because it is so highly regarded.
0: Yeah, I, really what I want to see is, um, is Sonic R get brought back. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I, I am <laughs> a weird, though, I am a weirdo who actually kind of likes that game. Um, it, it's kind of like a laughing stock. I do too. Okay, good. Cause like, it's, it's kind of like a laughing stock <laughs> among fans and I never really understood why. I mean, like, it's not... It's got a lot of problems, and the fact that you're running makes it really weird. Um, at least in Sonic's case, but uh, or in even the most characters' cases, you're on foot or you're flying. You're not actually in the car. I think Amy is the only one who's in the car. Um, but yeah. that that game is so weird. But I love it. Like that's, I don't know. That's a kind of like really strange take on a kart racer that you don't really get anymore. Cause there was all the stuff around like, not only was it really strange to control, not only were the were the tracks designed in a really odd way where you had all these different branching paths, but you had these like gated areas that you can only get through a few a certain number of rings, and you're also trying to find I think there were chaos emeralds in the track or something like that. You're trying to find those as well. It was it was a really, it was quintessential like. 90s game design of like we only have like six or seven tracks in this so we need to design this game in such a way where you'll need to keep coming back to these tracks to to earn all the things to progress to the next level which is kind of like repetitive but today by today's standards anyway but i i hold a a soft spot in my heart for it it's weird oh and um not to not to keep changing subjects too much but we do need to talk about transform soundtrack or uh, uh team sonic racing soundtrack real quick but um i'm so glad you said that um i was just about to say because i was going to say t- uh, sonic
1: r soundtrack is legendary. yeah yeah that's what that's what reminded <laughs> so, <laughs> me
0: both both those games are really great soundtracks
1: yeah definitely um so in terms of team sonic racing soundtrack i i really really enjoy it um it's good to see crush 40 back
0: um with buck yes. rock and all very very <laughs> uh, much so
1: yeah exactly and like we even get a remix by the chemists working with Crush Forty. That's like racing games coming home. <laughs> You've just got the chemists oh, in a Sonic game. How the hell did that happen?
0: Yeah, I. It, it's such an interesting soundtrack because it's very different than the. Um, did Richard Jock work on this or not? Because I know, I know he did a lot he, he did of a stuff. A few with, songs. Yeah. Um, he yeah. he he. Mostly, you know, he pretty much ran transformed, right? So and this has a lot of uh Jun Senue has a lot of uh Crush Forty, um the Green Light Ride, uh is the interest song. is a theme song, and that's that reminds me a lot of um I mean like a lot of past Sonic themes for sure, Sonic Adventure whatnot, but I also got like Daytona USA circuit edition Sons of Angels vibes from it. So, <laughs> yeah. so um yeah it's uh it feels, to me, it almost feels like a little bit of an older Sega soundtrack because it's it's a little bit more guitar-driven. I know you're a huge fan because we had our Soundtracks episode. Um, it's like the second episode of the show we ever did, and you're a huge fan of Transforms OST. And, and I, I I like it, but it's a little bit, for whatever reason, it's a little bit too cheesy and upbeat for me, which is right. why like there are some some tracks in this game that are like, like, I was really shocked to hear, and not even when you're racing, like, um, when you're in the world tour, and you are selecting your, your uh, team, and your car, and, and modifying your car, um, there is this really, like, sort of ambient, low-key, like, song that plays, that reminded me a lot of, like, the type of song you would hear customizing your craft in, like, uh, F-Zero GX. Right. And totally not at all, like, anything I'd expect from a Sonic game. Sonic games usually, they're very amp, they're very, like, let's go. This is, like, this sort of, like, really, like, quiet, subtle, like, you know, electronic track. And it just, it, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it sounds, it's really beautiful and it sounds really good. And, um, yeah, I was just at so many points I was met with uh, some surprises in the soundtrack that were really encouraging.
1: Yeah, I think the soundtrack is probably, in my opinion, the strongest point of the game because they they did a fantastic job of bringing in all the different composers like you're saying, Jun Snowy's in here uh, Crush 40 and then uh, Richard Jag as well doing a few tracks but you've even got like, Hyper Potions in there which are like uh, a pretty popular uh, Monster Cat brand electronic band at the moment Yeah. and um, they did a lot of the kind of trailer music for Sonic Mania and they've been brought back to do a few tracks so specifically at the top of my head I know they've done the Rooftop Run remix for Market Street which is brilliant um, and there's even some kind of uh, mashups with um, Hyper Potions and Crush 40 as well and then like i was saying kind of at the start of this small piece that they're in the garage screen for whatever reason they they've consulted the chemists to do a, a remix of green light ride and yeah right away when i heard this song i didn't know it was the chemist because why would you ever think they'd be involved in a sonic game but <laughs> the sound i was like there's something about this that i'm really enjoying and i'm not sure what it is it's like a subconscious thing in the back of your head like you've heard this beat before what band does it and then when i was looking in the credits i was like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> and there they were the chemists and a sonic racing game and it is a good remix to be fair but placing it in the garage um, it was a really weird choice because it's
0: this yeah, really yeah. upbeat,
1: like, cranky song, and you're just kind of changing parts in your car. It feels a bit under, like overstated.
0: Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird, but I, I do love that they got the chemists in there. It is a good. It is a good remix. They remixed "Dude um, uh, Dude Sonic Warrior," which is a, a great title. But that the song from the, the Japanese theme of Sonic CD they remixed uh, and put in this game. That was that was really cool. Um,
1: I mean, that, the funny part about that one is that it's actually a remix of a remix. Oh, was that in <laughs> because the first uh, Sonic Racing? It, it was in Transformed. Um, so oh, like, okay, okay. The, it's the remix of the Ocean View remix of Sonic Warrior slash um, uh, Super Sonic Racing, because if you listen to the version of the song in the last lap, it's actually a remix of um, Super Sonic Racing. Sonic Car, <laughs> So like it's one of these weird scenarios and I think it was uh, Richard Jack brought in again to remix his own remix. So it's like, oh, if wow. you listen to the two versions back to back it's hilarious because he must have just been like, what can I change this time? <laughs> because he went to town and transformed remixing that song. I'll send you the links across because it is pretty funny when you hear, like, there's just parts of the song where he must have been like, I need to change this.
0: Yeah. I find it amazing and and really great that, like, Richard Jock and Sega still have this close relationship um, that dates back literally to, like, the mid-90s. I mean, like, it's almost been, like, 30 years, uh, which is insane to think about. But, yeah, I was listening to his songs in Sonic R. I was listening to his stuff in yeah. MSR. Like, uh, I don't know if Sonic R was the... F- that probably wasn't the first title he worked on with Sega. It was probably something earlier than that. But that was the first place I heard him. So, yeah. Uh, for him to continue working on these Sonic Racing games is uh, is, is really cool it's like the, the thread that kind of runs through all of them
1: I mean and that kind of brings me to a small side point almost like just purely because I, I've been loving finding all these little easter eggs hidden in the racing games I made a tweet about this you might know where I'm going with it <laughs> um, basically alongside this and Transformed I've also been playing Sega Rally and Evo. um uh, just kind of on and off and I, I never connected the dots but the co-driver in Sega Rally Revo is actually the announcer in say uh, Transformed Like he's yeah, the exact sense. same guy and, I was, and it was one of these weird things because I played so much of both of those games never noticed that so I almost felt as if I let myself down and then I was looking at what other stuff this guy had done and it turned out he was also the voice actor for Tony the Tiger in the UK Frosties commercials oh man
0: <laughs> that's hilarious oh
1: man it, it was just one of those weird like totally time extend facts as soon as i found out i was like this is the type of like stuff that we just love finding out and yeah there's a lot of easter eggs in this game as well like you're saying the the kind of remixes of some old sonic songs you wouldn't expect to hear
0: um and And it should be said that they got um because i i did watch a little bit of sonic boom years ago and they they did get the same voice actor right who's been doing was it roger is it roger or is it somebody yeah, else I think it's Roger. Maybe it's Roger. yeah yeah so so the latest voice of sonic which i, I guess is no big deal because i mean there's usually only one guy who voices these characters but like um just the fact that it was me this honestly you know what it speaks more to the fact that i am so out of the loop with the sonic franchise that like i still don't attribute that voice to him because i haven't really played a new sonic game that wasn't mania in years yeah. and the thing about mania is he doesn't talk in mania so um <laughs> so uh so yeah it's uh, you know it's uh, the story the story itself is pretty silly but you know it's a well that's a what I was going to say from, from what
1: I've played of the single player like I've done a few events at the first two or three and even the dialogue in races like it takes a lot of cues from the Sonic Boom cartoon I think because I've actually yeah. watched um, two full seasons of that because it's It's pretty decent to be honest. It's not a bad show, yeah. Yeah, It's
0: actually. Somehow it became the best part of the whole Sonic Boom (laughs) project. Like, the games ended up being terrible, but the show was decent.
1: I really enjoyed it. Like, the comedy is very. I mean, it's that type of comedy that is maybe a bit too common nowadays. Like, very on the nose, kind of self derogatory, but it pulls it off in a way that I think Sonic fans would appreciate. Like, not to go off too much in a tangent, but the episode where Shadow appears is hilarious because Eggman's just, like, this Shadow fanboy. <laughs> and it's just, like, oh, it's just so ridiculous because when you think of how, like, hardcore edgy Sonic Adventure two story is, and then when you see that episode of Sonic Boom, like, it couldn't be any more of a like any, diff- like, any different, essentially, and...
0: Like, Is Eggman, and- like, the surrogate for Sonic fans in that situation? Yeah,
1: that's it, exactly,
0: so, like, basically
1: anytime like, <laughs> Shadow kind of smoulders or anything, Eggman will just be in shit behind him, like, oh, he's doing the smoulder! <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my god, that's great. Oh, it's brilliant, man, and there's, like, a big fight with, obviously, Sonic and Shadow, and because Eggman's just chasing Shadow around, like, commentating everything he does, he ends up costing Shadow the fight because like Shadow flies into his ship and then they just fly away or something, and then like that's Knuckles makes no. a stupid comment because that's the, his role in the show. But yeah, you, know, you should give that a watch. It's only like a nine-minute episode, of course, because like, it's like t- the the old typical cartoon format of two episodes per half an hour but yeah. it's, it's really good and even there's episodes with like Metal Sonic in there as well and that's pretty good there's a reference to the Sonic OVA I'm pretty sure what moment you know what that would be
0: oh my god um, that's fantastic <laughs> I love that movie so much oh it's it's the so secret so best Sonic Sonic film or thing uh, you know movie media whatever
1: i would love to do like a free practice episode on that almost just like totally off brand and just discuss why that got what a sonic movie should be admittedly in the most campy way possible
0: oh absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah so it's pre- this covers team sonic racing i think pretty well um also we've been talking about this for almost fifty minutes and i wanted to get some some aspect <laughs> of a grid conversation in This was pretty surprising was, was there any sort of i was trying to rack my brain was there any sort of like um leak or or hint that this was happening nothing yeah <laughs>
1: it, it was totally random like and then to see it's also coming out this year like wow that that yeah. is pretty good work on code master's part you've got to hand it to them they did well to keep this a secret
0: it makes me really upset i'm not gonna be a 3 um with uh through tom's uh, guide yeah, because uh i honestly i don't really feel like i need to go the e3 at this point because it's not what it was but now that i know that uh you know there's a a cool new uh codemasters racer out i kind of wish i was there but um but yeah it's it's interesting too because it is just called grid and it as I actually learned just before the show, because I I had seen the trailer, but I hadn't really watched a gameplay video. And then just before we started recording, I watched a gameplay video and I was like, Oh my God, this, this is like, it's good. I don't even think, (laughs) yeah. Well, well, it's like, I only, I don't think it's fair to call the sequel. I don't even think it's fair. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just a remaster because like it's, I'm sure it's an all new game, but like the fact that they led with a, a video, a gameplay video of the San Francisco and Shanghai track, San Francisco being from the first one, Shanghai being from grid two, I think. Um, and the fact that the San Francisco aspect of the video was all muscle cars, which is, I think like the first race you do in grid in the very first grid, I was checking the title because I was like, did I somehow stumble into a (laughs) video of the first game of like 2007 grid? Um, even the, the fonts, the, and, and I like, freaking because I'm, I'm a nerd about this stuff like the euro style wide font like the hud is exactly the same as it was in the first grid so so they're really they're really trying to evoke a feeling and 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 i don't even really mind that that kind of content is carried over um uh kyle patrick from gt Plant, who's been on the show before was tweeting about this earlier in the week and he said you know it, it's it's a bit uh presumptuous and unfair to to harp on the fact that some of the content's the same for various reasons but one of which being you know it's been a whole generation it's been it's been over 10 years since the first grid um so you know this is a case where i'm actually excited to see those tracks return uh but i do i do think it's an interesting choice that they led with that uh it's very very surprising and i think has confused a lot of people uh, for, for good reason, but I'm sure we'll we'll get to see some, some new content and uh some ways the game will differ uh very soon.
1: Yeah, I think um it was a conscious design decision, but one that maybe slightly backfired because I think they they wanted to basically say, We're going back to our roots with this one. We know what you liked about grid and we want to try and recreate it. But you could also argue maybe they've recreated it a bit too well for this reveal, because I mean, the, the kind of revealed trailer is pretty much just a CG sizzle reel, like, there's nothing to get from that. People wanted gameplay. And to Codemasters Credit, they did provide gameplay almost immediately. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to see just how similar the game looked. And, this is, see, to be honest, if this is going to be a reboot that's like a grid all-stars, essentially, all the kind of, well, not all the best tracks, because there's only 12 locations. But some of the best tracks, um, and the kind of the kind of close racing we know and love, like that's kind of what we want from Grid. Um, that and Raven West, but unfortunately,
0: that is a point we might not get. Um, I don't really understand the obsession with Raven West, by the way. Ah, oh, they're so badass and assholy. <laughs>
1: like, just that first game, man. The one v one races are so bullshit against them that it's just kind of. It's just, it doesn't actually add to the game, but I think it's just, it gave the game a bit of personality because there was a, an evil team. And to see that replaced with the Fernando Alonso challenge, um, uh, I yeah. think that's a bit of a strange choice.
0: Does uh does Fernando Alonso face his number one nemesis, McLaren? <laughs> that that's the final boss. You've got to <laughs> you've got to beat McLaren and then qualify for the Indy and then <laughs> for the that's it. You've
1: completed the game.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just he's 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 really going ev- everywhere he can except out of McLaren, which is what needs to happen. But I digress. <laughs> I we should we should have know, a we should have like... a free practice about like just. Racing one day, um, yeah, definitely that should probably happen.
1: <laughs> I think um, McLaren must have some form of uh, blackmail over Alonso to keep him with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just this. It just seems like this horrible, like abusive relationship. Like this couple that just like has every reason to go their separate ways, but just can't for some reason. They they just can't. Like maybe no one else will love them. I have no idea. But it's it's really it's really not making anyone look good at this point um but i'm sure they will present alonzo in the best possible light in in grid so we'll see how that unfolds um it's funny because he's quoted you know it's a the press release he's quoted in the press release and it's just ridiculous to imagine fernando Alonso talking about this game um even if he got paid to do it and it really doesn't mean that much <laughs> um.
1: yeah it's pretty um it's
0: just something that exists. It's very peripheral to the experience. But they do have the, um, what is it the Renault R26 that he won uh, the championship in 2006 with? So that's that's, that's pretty cool. cool. That's in grid, uh, and you'll be driving that car, um, which is probably like the last car that Fernando Alonso ever enjoyed driving in his career. <laughs> so it'll be the end uh, of this game, fittingly, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I hope that they bring back a lot of the. The elements of Grid that I really enjoy, like the the team building aspects which I know I I, I always come on time extend and sound like a broken record about the fact that like I like it when Codemasters tries to make like a some sort of like team oriented thing, and then when they didn't do that in Dirt Rally Two I got really sad. Um, but I hope that they retain that for Grid, which I think they probably will, because Grid's a little bit more of a casual generalist title, um, general racing title. Uh, and I hope that we get to see some callbacks to things like, uh, you know, the first grid had the license for 24 hours of Le Mans, and you could do that race in the game, and even though it was this totally bastardized version of Le Mans, and the physics of that game didn't really work properly for the track, uh, it was really stunning at the time. The um, the day-night change was beautiful, and and um, the, the ego engine back in, in those days was like a technological tour de force that, like, even even like turn 10 and polyphony have a hard time eclipsing in certain respects so um yeah i'd like to see Lamar return and and yeah um i'm i'm very excited i've i've been waiting for us a long time i i think we all have
1: yeah um i, I think both of us really have been waiting for a new grid of some capacity and maybe a reboot's the correct way to go i am sad to see the the old logo disappear but if this means we get a, a version of Grids that's suited for the modern platforms and it kind of reignites the kind of story based racing or team based racing that's kind of been missing maybe from the recent efforts then I'm on board with it. I'm just slightly cautious because I know in recent times Codemasters haven't really prioritised strong single player elements to their games outside of Formula 1 so I just I want to see them because they do have this creative license they aren't limited to a certain discipline. Or a certain like kind of overarching body like the FIA, like Codemasters have the chance to kind of uh, flaunt a bit here with this game. So I want to see what what made their game so special, kind of return from the single player element because Grid just has the has the drama element of racing down. The AI always been a bit crazy, the crashes and um, like we we're saying about Raven West existing, just having that kind of rival. I think that the nemesis system they're talking about for this game where if you constantly annoy another driver they're trying to get um, some bad karma going your way I think that could be interesting specifically because they've said that different drivers react different ways so if there's a really clean driver that likes racing he'll just try and basically go his way to beat you but if it's guys who are just there to cause chaos and you annoy them then they're probably going to try and take you out
0: yeah the nemesis system's going to be uh really interesting and I love that that's kind of become the name for it in like various games like uh, I think uh, the Lord of the Rings game that came out a couple of years ago was like had a nemesis system yeah where, like, you'd, uh, yeah you'd fight somebody and then you'd never see them for like another two hours and they just randomly show up and start attacking you like you thought you got me you thought you killed me but you were wrong and uh, it's kind of it's kind of silly and also like we were comparing this uh, in a grid context we were comparing it to R racing evolution which is pretty funny to think about because um, that game obviously you, you tried to psych other drivers out by by following them at a distance of you know four car lanes and then they randomly spin out so uh yeah i i do appreciate that because you know it plays into the drama and it plays into the whole you know making the game feel bigger than it is, um, which is pretty cool. But on that note, it's funny because like, I was watching the IGN uh, preview of it, or one of their previews, and um, the game, one of the game directors was there whose name is escaping me right now, but he's talking about uh, the different elements, the most important elements of the game, and he runs through, he's like, you got, you know, the Nemesis AI, you got uh, realistic crashes, and something else and just like the but the bt was hitting were all the exact same beats as like the original grid like i remember how much they touted the crashes in that game and yeah and um the drama of of the teams and stuff and raven west so it's 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 like all of the the back of the box bullet points that were appropriate for the first title i feel are appropriate here but you know it's 12 years of of uh difference of of not getting a, not being able to play that game. So I'm I'm more than willing to revisit it now. Um and also uh for what's worth, you know, we're right on the cusp of a sale corsa competizione coming out, so we have this interesting scenario where it's like two very similar circuit-based racers, one obviously being a full-on simulation and the other one being a lot more casual. Um so between the two, you're you're bound to find something that appeals to you, but I think it's I think it's funny that those games are kind of um, taking taking the stage around the same time. I mean, it'll be a couple months until we see Grid, but but still.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's an interesting one because like the, the new Assetto is very much prioritizing the driver journey, so to speak, specifically in the GT3 series, um, and it's something that people who didn't like the original Assetto Corsa kind of felt about that game. It was maybe a bit cold, whereas this game... Um, it's very much trying to kind of harness that racing drama much like grid just in entirely different ways and of course grid has the benefit of being on console as well i don't think we'll see a competizione on uh this generation of consoles but maybe next gen so i guess they aren't in direct competition in terms of sales but it's definitely a parallel that we'll be able to draw on
0: <laughs> yeah i mean again they're very they're, they're two completely different games but they're both about you know sports car racing at the core so that so that's kind of at the time when you know we don't get a lot of games that do that so uh that's kind of why i associate them and uh and and it's good for everybody because regardless of where or not you like to play more realistic simulations or not you know you'll you'll get something you'll like hopefully um but yeah very excited for a new grid um as it turns out uh my computer is about to die soon, so uh oh we, wow, <laughs> I think this is a good <laughs> i think this is a good place to uh to end the show um yeah so so uh thanks for listening everybody um you can find us uh you can find time extend on twitter uh time underscore extend. Brendan, you've been posting. You've been doing such amazing work, posting so many weird things I've never known about, like the uh, <laughs> like the Sonic Racing uh, announcer who was also Tony the Tiger uh, that was revealed first <laughs> on our Twitter. So, good job! time extended exclusive. Yep, getting all the getting all the big scoops like we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, the Twitter account we're trying to basically frame it as a companion almost to the um, the podcast. Because this is stuff me and Adam really care about, probably the only people that do. And until we get a blog where we can post some more in-depth thoughts, maybe that could happen in the future. But, I mean, at the moment, the kind of Twitter gives us a good excuse to post some bite-sized content. And then you can listen to the podcast for the, the full shebang. And then also look out on the Twitter account because we've got a new feature we will be formally announcing pretty soon. Um, this is one that we're actually pretty excited about doing. It's going to highlight games that maybe we don't consider the best, but we know it holds us. We know they hold special places in some people's hearts, and that's the kind of games we want to draw attention to. I mean, I think even from our perspective, Adam, we've got a few games that we we kind of can't wait to discuss in this format.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll finally talk about stuff like all the Mona Lisa, which should make a lot of people happy. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and <laughs> it's basically
1: just finding an excuse to talk about that game <laughs> that's Absolutely. why we created this <laughs> and also
0: you had started uh you had started the giveaway for your copy of the grand turismo 4 bmw uh, demo disc that you, you haven't given that away yet right
1: no, I've not given it away yet. Um, I, d- I did say, um, basically, we'll be looking to announce the winner of that one when we do our uh, Grand Turismo Rankings Roundtable,
0: which is happening. Yeah, um, uh, there's a lot of people involved that one. But I'm just surprised so. at the lack of... Yeah, it's yeah exactly. <laughs> it's getting everyone together. Um but yeah so definitely go uh go check out the twitter uh if you want to get in on that giveaway um it's cool because frankly i didn't even know that that there was a grand charisma Four demo disc in out bmw dealerships where you could drive the uh new three series because i lived in america and america is boring <laughs> so <laughs> uh,
1: i'm surprised at the lack of entrance so far so if you are listening and you fancy picking that up because it is a nice piece of um merch uh be sure to enter right now we've only got about six entries which i'm a bit surprised about but um we'll be trying to boost that again at some point point soon, try and see if people uh, are interested in winning it but as it stands just now you would stand a pretty decent chance if you did get a, an entry in
0: one in six that's why that's why it's good to be a time extend fan now because there aren't many of you so when we do give things away you stand a really good shot to getting something so
1: yeah exactly i mean uh Right, I mean it's great at the moment now because we are starting to get loads of engagement on the Twitter. Um, it's good seeing the same faces interacting. It just shows that all this crap we've been talking for twenty episodes now has uh, an audience. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing your new key art for the podcast as well, Adam. I understand oh yeah, doing that's gonna so cool. that
0: goes live with this show. Um, to continue with the theme, that I don't know if anyone knows, this, but every ten episodes I change up the art. So to honor another another classic racer so uh it's yeah go enjoy like, that like um, albums <laughs> yeah kind of like albums you gave albums, them pre you episodes. gave them pretty great names which i like the first series was podcast modelista <laughs> um so so yeah uh thank you all so much and uh we'll see you again really soon see you next time guys